this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have back on Peter Sage. Peter is the extreme entrepreneur. Uh, he's been coined the term by one, of, by one of the top business schools in the world, Francis NC Business School. He's the youngest trainer uh, that's been trained by Tony Robbins. He's a serial entrepreneur, has had, has had a few failures like any entrepreneur, but most of them has been successes. I uh, invited Peter back on to talk about his upcoming book, Mind Food. And I really like Peter because Peter really kind of breaks down the psychology. He really kind of he really kind of encourages people to face themselves one on one, and and basically talk about a theme that I'm very fond of and a theme that uh, is my brand, which is uh, reaching the finish line. Peter, welcome. Hey, Callan, great to be back on. Thank you so much for the invite. Great. Great. So, Peter, last time we talked, the, the, first, the first time we um, interviewed you, I, I definitely recommend you all check out episode 8 and 32. Uh, we talked about uh, disconnecting your self-worth with your net worth. Very important thing for not just entrepreneurs, but for people in general, uh, even people work professionals. It's just, a, it's just a very universal concept and something that we need to get out of. And in the last episode, uh, we talked about, you know, different ways how, you know, entrepreneurs can kind of form a mentality uh, to be successful in their careers, uh, to be able to reach the finish line. We did talk about the importance of, you know, people kind of getting out of the the, the kind of significance uh, mindset because that's awfully what helped people back. But we didn't talk about that as much. So I really want to take the opportunity to drill down deeper because I think that's one of the main problems that people continue to struggle with in their life. It, 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 it impedes their progress from growing as a person. It impedes their progress from living their true purpose. Why do you think, Peter, that pe- people search so much for significance? Well, one has to understand that the the, the quest for significance, uh, like many things in life, is a two-edged sword. You know, there there are many plus sides to to the driving need for significance uh, because it's what compels people to uh, you know reach different shores or come up with new discoveries or to you know to take charge. But there's there's also a dark side to the force. Yeah, if we start to understand that, you know, while significance itself is not inherently bad because you know, nothing is good or bad everything just is everything's compared to to what on the relationship you have with it but yeah you, know, you have to see that it's very there, there's a crossing point where it becomes dysfunctional and most people have never been taught how to spot that crossing point and therefore it, it kind of wraps its arms around you and and pulls you into a life where you are being controlled and manipulated unconsciously by a deep longing desire to prove to the world or yourself or your parents or whatever it is that you need to be better than how you currently perceive you are. And of course, you know, if the if you go peel back the onion, the, the fundamental presupposition there is that you're not good enough, which is the primary human fear that every human being has. And certainly 
uh, human beings that were brought up in the traditional model of parenting, where, you know, our earliest memory really is that of conditional love. Yeah, do well and we get yeah uh, rewarded, don't do well and we don't get rewarded. So, yeah, uh, and the perception there is, is love is given or love is withheld. So most of us grow through our life under the illusion that what we perceive to be love, which was essentially just affection and approval, yeah, was yeah, had to be earned by being good enough to do it. Now, if you look at the contrast, insignificance, whereby, you know, our approval and that is taken away, creates such a emotional connection to yeah, pain that, most of us, again, spend the rest of our life avoiding that at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so significance, it, it plays, you know, it plays many different roles. I'm not saying avoid the need for significance. It can be the difference between somebody living on the streets and, and going to join the, you know, the, the Marine Corps. You know, there's, everything is a pathway, but it's when it owns you, when your unconscious driving need is, I need to be better than you. I need to be more than fill in the blank. And they don't know why they're filling in that blank other than it's covering up an insecurity, that's when significance can really ruin people's lives when it comes to a true sense of reaching the finish line of fulfillment. Indeed, Peter. One thing, uh, actually, I wrote a, a published article uh, recently uh, in an award-winning magazine, The Good Man Project, in which, uh, in which you're also uh, featured in. And one thing I found, Peter, was actually very interesting. Uh, you think their search for significance will kind of encourage them to to be an entrepreneur and to be a successful entrepreneur, but at the same time, many still people have that fear of embracing uncertainty. So the article I wrote uh, actually details statistics, specifically in the U.S., but I've, we we found that uh, it's actually riskier to lose your job than it is to drive a car, and uh, and I, I found that I found that very interesting because people uh, typically who want to be entrepreneurs are in so in fear. Of losing their job, you know, they feel like again, you know, we, we talked about in the previous episode, it's, a, it's like a, it's like an illusion of security. They feel like if I have a job, I'll be secure. There's certainty, I'll be okay. And um, in, in, in the U.S., uh, in the beginning of this year, um, uh, they found that job cuts have risen over 200 percent. So people all over the country are just losing their job. You know, so so no matter how people think, you know, it's so certain, you know, that uh, is to have a job. People are losing their job all across the country. Um, you know, and we have we have fully recovered from the last recession. Uh, companies are downsizing, and and again, uh, it's 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 interesting because. You know, instead of people, let's say, because, you know, significance kind of manifests in two ways. They can say, well, yeah, well, you know, it, it kind of be good maybe in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that could be a, a boost to your self-esteem. They can say, oh, I'm, you know, I could do this. I'm definitely good enough. That could be a good, good, a good source of confidence in some respects. However, uh, at the same time, I feel like people cannot people cannot apply it there because they say, well, you know, you know, being an entrepreneur is too risky. So you know what I'll do? You know, maybe I'll kiss enough butt, or you know, or maybe I do. Maybe I work. Maybe I work extra hard. You know, so I can be that. I could be that the, the high paid executive. So you know, I can get you know better women, or I can get you know a better house, and I can show people that I should be respected. So what would you say to that, Peter, in, in regards to um, trying to find that balance? Of you know embrace embrace the uncertainty, um, but at the same time not letting not letting significance be a dominating factor of your life. It's all down to your reason why. Yeah, if if you're 
you know, scared to leave your job because you're so committed to wanting to provide for your family and you're not quite sure if you have the skill set or the yeah the wherewithal to put them at risk of not being able to have a, a, a certain level of, of comfort, that's one reason. If you're scared of, of losing your job because you know uh, it means that you'll be seen as a failure, that's a different reason. Now, if you want to go and become an entrepreneur because you think you know, it'll give you a lifestyle that'll ultimately lead you to, in the eyes of others to being some sort of big shot, yeah, that's one reason. If you want to become an entrepreneur because it's expressing your natural passion to go give your gift to the world, so it's all down to the why. And for many people, they never sit and ask that question. They just go with what is the emotional driver. And the challenge is the emotional driver is usually linked to the avoidance of pain far more um, uh, uh, powerfully than the yeah, uh, pursuit of pleasure. And so yeah, if the avoidance of pain is that I don't want to feel less than, I don't want to feel insignificant, I don't want to yeah, uh, feel as if yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not good enough then you'll make decisions from that basis. Now, the left brain will ra rationalize it, it'll justify it, and it'll come up with all sound of you know, uh, esoteric, you know, perfectly uh, or logical sounding reasons to you know, explain and soothe the ego as to why it's right, because that's his job. But you know, truth with a capital T in terms of introspective truth is always, you know, is always felt at a deeper level than what the mind can convince you of by distraction. So, you know, if, if you want to go out and swing the bat or if you're scared of it, start asking yourself honest questions. Because in today's world, Callum, we're so distracted with you know, the entire world now has access to us on a smartphone, you know, through a push notification, through a text message, through an email. You know, there's no sense of you know, contemplation. There's no sense of inward privacy that can't be you know, snapped out of state by a, a, a ping on a phone. So yeah, too many people are now conditioned to you know, have the attention span of a goldfish, and it's far easier and a path of least resistance to go and distract ourselves with some you know, self-justification than it is to sit in front of the mirror and ask tough questions and not be afraid of the answers. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, that, that's so interesting, Peter, uh, how you talk about really it starts with why, you know, why are we doing things? Because many people don't even know why. They're just doing things just to do it. it it's almost like, you know, living a, uh, a repetitive routine on autopilot, but they're not really in tune with why they're doing it. Why do you think that happens, Peter? Very simple. As I said, it's path of least resistance. You know, we don't get taught uh, as, as youngsters or certainly in school how to be emotionally mature. Uh -huh. yeah, we're taught how to fit in, conform, and therefore you know, seek approval and validation. So uh, and none of those are congruent with you know, a level of authentic expression. Uh -huh. yeah, so yeah, for, for, for many people, uh, yeah, they've, they've never even had to sit in front of the mirror and ask questions. They're too busy trying to put a mask over themselves so what's reflecting back gets two thumbs up. And you, know, you, you have a look at how people are constructed, in my mind, it's very simple. Uh, you've got this, uh, underneath all of the fluff, you've got this incredible, beautiful, you know, uh, rough cut, pure diamond. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant, that's, that's perfect, that's structurally integral, that's molecularly perfect. Uh, and then what we do is we cover it up with a load of you know, mud, uh, and then we put on a, a load of masks, and then we, you know, uh, on top of that, have a load of um, you know, distortions and, and false beliefs and insecurities. And then finally, on top of that, we have our LinkedIn profile. Uh -huh. 
yeah. and we, we project this false sense of self to the world, walking around thinking, oh, I really hope they don't discover who I really am, yeah. uh, as if people don't already know. And, and yeah, the reality is they don't really care because they're too busy being worried if you finally discover who they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's all the, it's all the kind of the people painting these uh, perceptual pictures of who they are. Do you want to start reaching the finish line? Then start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. But at the end of the day, you know the people that are people that are connected to you on social media, they don't really care. You know what they care about is trying to reach their finish line. But at the same time, fortunately, many of them do not care about that. They're caring about, as you as you just stated, so much as far as painting their perceptual picture, so you, you can respect them more. So, so they can feel uh, more uh, improval. So, it's not about reaching my finish line. It's about uh, caring about what other people think of me reaching my finish line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 you, uh, yeah, you put yeah, it better. Which, which usually leads us to picking the wrong finish line. Yeah, indeed. And, and that's why there's an ever growing increase. Uh, of unhappiness for a lot of people uh, in the U.S. You know, it's you know where you know where does uh, I mean same thing same thing in you know uh, England and uh, Australia any type of places. You know, it's just it's this huge search of you know kind of the hustle and bustle and and you know what you know it's it's those types of things that do make our countries great. You know that's why we're we're so successful in that regard in business and and uh and these and these types of things. But at the same time, you know I think people lose connection with being human, uh, being who we are. Um, I'm an expat. You know, I always say American-born expat for life. So I live, I live in many different countries, and I'll be living in, um, uh, li- li- living in Europe uh, for a few months uh, c- coming this summer. And uh, I've, I've always said that, you know, in my experience living in countries like, you know, Ecuador, like Mexico, these type of countries, I have found that, you know, uh, a lot of people there, they really care about being human. They really care about connecting with people. So family is a big priority in their life. Now, they, they don't have the same desire that you know, a lot of us Westerners have of making money. To them, it's like they want they, to like make enough money just to pay for their bills, but they want to spend any other time with their family because to them that's of the utmost importance. I have never really found a country or, or even a culture that kind of has that perfect balance. You know, I mean, I, and probably we would never find a, a country like that because, in a sense, that's sort of like a utopia. That's sort of like maybe like a world that you know will, will always be a wish rather than something that we can actually uh, be a part of. But at, at the end of the day, it's people like myself, it's people like you, and where we can just develop a community, develop a network. To uh, to to create a sense of what we would we would call an ideal uh, kind of community, because essentially it doesn't matter. We don't have to get everyone on board uh, in the world to to think like us or to share our beliefs. But as long as we connect with enough people who share our mindset, who share our beliefs, then that is definitely enough to have our own sense of a community that we will call the world. Would you say that's accurate, Peter? Yeah, yeah, and and everything's individual. 
Yeah, and you know, one has to, it depends on how yeah <laughs> how deep you want to go. But you know, to, to a lot of people, you know, they they forget that you know the the reality is experienced subjectively. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, in fact, the, the, the only thing that you can actually uh, uh, get caught up on for a lot of people is the fact that, you know, the, the outer world is objective, uh-huh. you know, and there's, there's you know, reality and there's hard facts and there's all of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But you can only experience what you perceive to be objective reality subjectively. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, if you then take that further and say, well, the only thing I can actually really experience is the act of experiencing. Uh-huh. And then, you know, everything from there, we start to, you know, uh, to, to, to realize that, you know, my life isn't about trying to perceive or position myself in a way to make others feel X. You know, my life is about being authentic. What, what is this game we're playing called life and how do I squeeze the most out of it? And how do I add value to others? Because if I look around, in the you know, seemingly objective world, everything else in nature seems to be trying to cooperate in a way that it serves a role to add value to something else you know, and, uh, and contribute. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, and of course, one has to go through growing pains. That's part of the journey. Um, so what are your growing pains? What are people's growing pains? It's not to run away from the pain, it's to embrace it. It's not to run away from loneliness, it's to embrace it. It's to transcend through it, to realize that it wasn't really anything that could hold over you in the first place. But how do you come to that awareness when you're plugged into traditional media, which has zero vested interest in your personal well-being and every other vested interest in steering you mentally, emotionally, and physically and spiritually into a direction that doesn't serve your best greater good? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good point, Peter. And it kind of brings me to the next question because it's a question that I can answer probably, you know, in a it's sort of in a good sense. But I, de- I definitely think a person like yourself can definitely flush it out more. And I, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of yours, as you already know, as well as people like Wayne Dyer. Um, may, may his soul be at peace. Y'all basically have the same message. You know, you just use different words, obviously. But uh, one thing that people really desire, Peter, is, uh, you know, I mean, in, in your in your MBS, uh, which is definitely great. I recommend you check out the next one. Uh, we could talk about that towards the end. Um, but you talk about kind of the four states, you know, to me, by me, uh, through me, and as me. And uh, many people already know what to me is. You know, pe- people already know that you know they have to kind of get out the victim mode and kind of get into the buy me mode, which is kind of like taking full responsibility <laughs> of all your actions. You know, being a driver uh, of your destiny. However, you know, uh, going from by me to through me, or some people even call it the flow state. You know, to kind of to kind of go there. You know, it's it's a it's a bit of a struggle for people, even for myself, Peter. You know, uh, you know when you know when I when I first heard Dan Pena, you know, I was like, oh, you know, this is you know, I mean, I like the guy because I was already familiar with it because that was something I was practicing in my life. However, I was, but you know, by me gets very exhaust exhaustive after a while. You know, and you know, it's, it's like you want to pull your hair out. You know, and, and uh, I mean, in, in a sense, you know, when you get the reward, it is refreshing because you feel like well, hard work pays off. But at the same time, it's grueling because uh, there's a better way that you can approach it. And then you talk about through me, and some people call it the flow state. Like I said, everyone uses different words. But how can people, Peter, stay in that through me flow state? You know, perhaps maybe some advice you can offer. Well, 
the, the presupposition you're imposing there is the fact that you should stay in it all the time. And unfortunately, as human beings, that's that's very difficult. So if that's your goal, it becomes another rabbit to chase that you're unlikely to catch. One has to, to understand that you know, the, the, the primary pattern of, of the universe is the wave. Yeah, we understand that everything that is physical matter under a microscope was previously to becoming physical matter was a wave. Yeah, we know that uh, to our current limited level of understanding that it can exist as a particle or a wave. And the wave gives birth to the particle, not the other way around. So if you look at a wave, <clears throat> it's characterized by peaks and troughs. And I don't care if it's a light wave, a sound wave, a radio wave, a microwave. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the primary pattern of the universe. Every Even physical matter vibrates at a frequency measured by a wave. It oscillates. So if we know that, you know, let's call it the vicissitudes, the, the, the ups and downs of life, um, our goal is really to, you know, uh, not try and avoid the troughs. That's that's impossible. You know, it's about, max, uh, A, appreciating the journey and the totality of life through those downs and ups. But it's about trying to do it on your own terms rather than you know, sort of stumble into it without any level of awareness as to what's really going on. So when you're at the top of that wave, um, you know, let's call it a flow state. Uh -huh. It's about because it's been engineered. It's because you've intentionally understand what you're doing. It's like, you know, putting somebody 200 years ago into an automobile right now. And yeah, yeah, they may be able to press some buttons and twiddle some stuff and, and it may move at some lines and they, they may get yeah, um, to, to do something with the car, but they won't be able to drive it elegantly. They won't be able to get the most out of it. They may put their, you know, their, their stuff they're carrying on top of the, uh, the, the hood and push the car uphill and think it's, it's a great invention. You know? they, <laughs> so first of all, check your perspective. Is it, oh, my life needs to work because I need to be in through me all the time. And until I do that, I won't feel as successful. Or is it a case of recognizing the fact that you know, as human beings, our role in life is to live the range between the bottom and the top? There's going to be times where you know, even if you're in flow state a lot of the time, you're going to be contemplative and unhappy. Yeah? Or you're going to be yeah, um, uh, emotionally disconnected uh, because that's the essence and the nature of what it means to be human. Yeah? I, I didn't want to be happy at my mother's funeral. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, but I was fulfilled. But in, yeah, the emotions uh, and the experience of life is that up and down, is that roller coaster, and that is part of the, you know, the, uh, the the journey. It's like the tree saying, "Oh, I wish it was summer all the time." Well, no. Yeah, you've got to have fall. You've got to have it where you, your your leaves die and fall off. You've got to have winter where it's cold, snowing. Yeah, you've the, the, you've got to have new life in in spring. It's a it's a cycle. It's a cyclical arrangement. So when you come to getting out of victim mode, knowing that there is something better uh, and that spring always follows winter is a good starting point. Mm. And the fact that, yeah, as Solomon said, yeah, well, actually, yeah, Solomon said had, had it wore a ring. And in moments of yeah, deep um, uh, uh, contemplation where yeah, things weren't going well. Uh, and he was obviously revered as one of the, the wisest leaders of, of uh, ancient times. Uh -huh. uh, but he had a ring and he had one of the uh, his um, uh, mystics inscribe inside the ring a phrase that he could always go to in times of, of turbulence or trouble or stress that would be able to soothe him. And what was inscribed on the ring was the phrase, this too shall pass. Uh -huh. And it's understanding the, the constant motion of life. 
Now, if you want to get into through me, one has to at least set an intention to start with. You know, we now know again, quantum physics, that intention is the primary creator of circumstance, not the objective physical world that, you know, causality A to B to C. You know, we now know that you know, it's old Newtonian paradigm that has been disproven. And yeah, you, you've only got to go out and live your life from a place of intention to see the difference. So, you know, raising, uh, if, if you look at nature uh, as a great example here, the tree doesn't struggle to grow. A tree is not in by me. Uh-huh. A tree doesn't say, right, I, I've got to go down and, and grab nutrients and I've got to hope it's going to rain. If it, if, if it doesn't, I'm going to try and steal some water. So no, it doesn't have that struggle and effort going on. There is a natural progression that it can't step out of. See, an acorn will only try to struggle if it wants to be an apple tree. Uh-huh. But nature doesn't do that. It's uh-huh. smarter than us. Uh-huh. So, yeah. There's a natural flow. So if we were born at the same level of intelligence that yeah, produced what we look out of the window and see in nature, which I think you can't argue with, then yeah, one has to understand that n- there is a natural flow to who we are uh-huh. and what we do and how we express that. So because we've been conditioned in this, yeah, the mindset that we have, uh, a lot of the challenge is not how do we get into flow because it is a natural state. Uh-huh. The question, what are we doing to block our way into flow? And a lot of 21st century reality and a lot of the gift of creative imagination and emotional uh, um, experience and that of you know, free choice in the moment leads us to going through that wave effect of highs and lows and emotional drama and comedy and joy and sadness and all of the incredible journey that we call life as a human being. Uh-huh. Ultimately, in answer to your question, what is it that I need to remove the blocks of or to in order to get into flow? Rather than ha- what do I have to put in place in order to get into flow? Does that make sense? It does. It does. And <clears throat> what, would you, what would you offer as far as can be some of the fastest ways to remove those blocks to get into flow? Ask better questions. Yeah. And the, the first one yeah, really, really has to be that you know, uh, how do I you know, surrender the obstacles to love? Uh. You know, that, it's a powerful question that unfortunately just stays intellectual for way too many people. But if I was to really ask you to sit with that, how do I surrender the obstacles to love? Because love is essentially flow state now. Uh-huh. In, in modern society, we make a four-letter word. Yeah, that we articulate into a verbalization that we then abstractly put lots of different meanings against. So love isn't what most people think it is because they have no connection or reference to what it was originally uh, designed, I believe, or yeah, the word was designed to represent. Uh-huh. You know, right now, yeah, I love my pizza, you know, pizza I love a dog, I love, yeah, I love, I love movies, yeah, I love a massage. There's too many uh, labels that we put love in. It's kind of the, the, the label that we use it for is really a case of uh, uh, um, uh, expressing uh, behavior or feelings towards something we like. Yeah. yeah. Whereas unconditional love is the essence of how the universe flows in harmony. Mm-hmm. Again, don't want to get esoteric here because you know, what I'm talking about is, you know, it, uh, it is has, has its basis in factual reality and, and science. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you were to ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing right now that is blocking my love of life? 
Uh, and you may say, well, I, I would love my life if it was better. You don't understand. You know, I've got the bank shouting at me. I'm about to lose my job. I, you know, my kids are on drugs. Whatever. No, what you've got at the moment is an outer world that doesn't fit your pictures of what you think your outer world should look like as created in your inner world. Uh-huh. So therefore, you have an obstacle to flow because you have imposed your rules for what you think your life should look like. And guess what? Most of that is outside or 99% of that is outside of your control. And then you bitch about it because you can't fix it. Yeah, very interesting, Peter. And uh, I always said, you know, one of the best ways to uh, a great example to be more compassionate, to be more patient, to be more loving. And, and, and I understand it might not be for everyone, but I definitely recommend people to try at least once or twice in their life is to like be an expat, is to live life in a different culture definitely makes you more compassionate i mean you 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 lived in vancouver you lived in dubai these type of places uh uh so 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 you're kind of aware of this change that it could have on you uh definitely makes you more impatient definitely makes you more compassionate and ultimately it definitely makes you more loving you know love loving people uh unconditionally and be able to connect with people uh so i understand for a lot of people it may be hard to get out the hustle and bustle in new york or maybe hard to get out the the hustle and bustle in, in a place like uh la or a place like uh you know uh, you know dubai or a place like that but uh but it's those types of experiences stepping out of your comfort zone and and fully opening yourself to allow yourself to grow and develop in a in a faster way that you probably never would never would have had if you stayed in your kind of uh, native environment. Would you say that's right, Peter? Yes, uh, and again, everything is subject to interpretation. Right. Uh, you know, again, if, if you start to appreciate rather than criticize uh-huh. you know, or resent, if you start to, and, and every spiritual teacher said the same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, none of whom carried or read from a book. And uh, but every spiritual teacher said the same thing. Uh-huh. If yeah, uh, love replaces hate, uh-huh. compassion replaces judgment, uh-huh. understanding replaces ignorance. Uh-huh. Yeah, follow those basic principles, and you're pretty much online with every religion that's ever been formed, uh, mainly by human beings, and to yeah, uh, express some level of dominant control over populace to with, with objectives that weren't in line with the original teachings. Right, and so, and um. Uh, I get a lot of people. They'll, uh, you know, they'll say, "But, he, but hey, Cal, you don't understand. You know, I got three kids, four kids." I actually know a guy. His name is his name is Pete as as well, and uh, he lives. He has he has five kids. He lives with his wife all across the world, and and obviously uh, he's an example of how he can make it work. I mean, all his kids are homeschooled. You know, he travels. He's traveled kids all across the world, and his kids are probably the most uh, definitely want to say most well-rounded, educated, definitely more intuitive uh, when it comes to people because they've been among different cultures. I mean, it's not something I say. It's not something I'm saying that a person must do it, but it's definitely if a person has the time. You know, uh, you know, if a person uh, definitely has you know are, are not in a severe type of um, situation, uh, it's definitely something that I think. Uh, people should consider because the effects can definitely uh, be advantageous. Uh, as we come to a close, Peter, uh, you have your you have a, you have your book, and basically all of what we're talking about is in your book, Mind Food. Um, talk about Mind Food, kind of kind of break down the the structure of the book, and then let people know when they can pick it up. Yeah, well, my Mind Food itself is something I put together because you know so many people are asking me the same questions. Uh-huh. And I didn't want it as a traditional book because most traditional books are picked up and end up as shelf space or shelf help 
rather than self-help. Uh. And uh, again, coming back to the original premise on significance, most books are picked up and put on the shelf so other people can be shown in, uh, as to what they think you're reading, uh, even though you've probably never read them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the biggest lie of the publishing industry that, you know, you've got an entire industry that is uh, is projected uh, and built upon people consuming one percent of what it sells, you know, kind of like health clubs. Yeah, you know, if if you know if more than ten percent of the members that join show up, the, the club yeah can't operate. Uh-huh. It's, it's big enough. Uh-huh. But yeah, but MindFood is different. MindFood is yeah something that you could pick up, and yeah, it's got different uh, different parts of the book. Whether it's covering relationships, whether it's covering belief systems, whether it's covering you know things like you know patterns of, of significance, whether it's covering yeah uh, thoughts on leadership or love or relationships. And you can just open it anywhere. There's no preframe, and a small bite-sized, yeah, yeah. Whether it's sentences or paragraphs or a page or two on something just to stop, make you think, make you reconnect with a level of subjective truth that really stops you from being pulled off track. It's it's a go-to, but you could always pick up, open any page, and get some level of benefit from at a deeper level than your typical cliche self-help stuff. And that was really my purpose and intent of putting it together was to have. Yeah, you know, not not a, a project where you think, oh, I've got time to read, but yeah, you know, something that you could just go to quite quickly. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a big book because yeah, you know, I think the wisdom needs to be condensed in a way that yeah you know, really makes a difference to people rather than string them along to to pad out a book so that you can justify selling it. So so really, that's that was the the impetus behind it. Um, just being finalised right now, so I'm guessing it'll be available in. Uh, you know, online and shop soon. Uh, very happy with that. And my aim is just to add some value to people and, and make them smile or, or have a, a, a less sense of stress when they go to sleep than they would have otherwise. Peter, if people want to get in contact with you or follow you, how would they do that? Very simple. PeterSage.com is the website. You can go there. You can find links to me all over the place, whether it's on Google or YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel has a, a lot of great content. Uh, that I try to put out as much as I can for free for people just to try and empower them. Um, if you wanted to come to one of my live events, as you mentioned, the MBS or, or Millionaire Business School, uh, I do maybe one, two of those a year because it's just down in my schedule. But it's it's always great fun to have, a, you know, 400 people in a room and, uh, and and have a rock concert for three days while people change their lives and, and transform. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about reinventing people at, at every level. Um, not that I, I think or presuppose anything is wrong. It's just that we don't have the owner's manual uh, with the traditional pathway for many people to reach the finish line of their lives in any kind of shape, yeah, financially, emotionally, spiritually, or otherwise. And if I can play a little role in that, as you are doing as well, Callan, then that's why I'm here. Amazing. Peter, thanks for being our guest. My absolute pleasure, my friend. Always great to chat with you and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist has seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.